0: Welcome to the Two Tokens podcast. During these episodes, we will invite guests onto our show and discuss everything token related. You can expect to hear about token business models, the underlying technology stack, token governance, but also about mainstream topics such as NFTs. Does this sound interesting to you? Then make sure you subscribe and keep listening. And now, on to the episode.
1: All right, so, okay, morning uh, Arash. Good morning. So um, welcome to the to the podcast here. Uh, for two tokens on the energy uh, track, Um, so good to see you at at live uh, after a number of uh, video conference uh, sessions that we had, Um, So, and I would like to uh, understand a little bit on your view on the energy transition and how the uh, exponential technologies like blockchain and tokenization is um, uh, contributing to it, and, and what are the critical elements that you think need to be in place from a tech? Perspective.
0: Oh, man. And, and, and also, you mentioned we have 15 minutes, so this is going to be a challenge <laughs> already. Um, so first off, uh, I want to state that the energy transition is very often regarded as a technology transition. As simple as we're going to switch off the coal-fired plants and switch on the solar uh, installations and then we're done. But it's so much more deep than that it's it is a very deep societal transition. it's an economical transition because it will really touch upon the fiber uh upon which our economy is built because uh creating value always starts with energy, and if you distribute the power to create value, then you distribute the power that right now the central banks still have so so it's a very deep transition, and of course then it's an institutional transition also because it needs new laws and regulations so it's technology economy society and the institutions
1: and and which which element do you think is um a
0: lagging to make it make it the transition happening um so i would say that uh, uh technology is not the bottleneck at all um just as you mentioned distributed technologies like blockchain uh like like dlt's um um uh, like AI for the first time in our history make it possible to achieve a global peer-to-peer energy network. So it's, the, it's, it's really the, uh, the morphing of digital technologies on the one end and energy technologies on the other that makes that possible for the first time. Um, I believe that the biggest bottleneck right now is in economy transition. So societally you see that people want it Uh, more and more. And the more they become aware, uh, the more pull there is on the societal side. Governments also are looking for ways to uh, renew their uh, legislation, their laws and regulations. Uh, But you see that there's a lot of lobby and I believe there's a lot lot of dogma also in the economy economy side, where um, we believe that the money world is just a given. But it's invented by humans, and we can reinvent it, you know. So, so, so and then, um, so I, um, one of the observations
1: could also be that the current central controlled energy um, ecosystem with the transmission system operators and the uh, day ahead um, uh, sharing of all the information. Um, so it's, it has proven to be v- a valid way of working for the last half century. Um, so and there is quite an uh, dependency of of energy in a foreign economy, so there is an um, uh, an aversion for for the risk for uh, revolutionizing the whole system yeah, so so what's your so, so how do you see that roadmap going forward? Yeah, so um, uh, disrupting the current mode of operation is not a feasible
0: approach i think um i believe i'm going to go with you for a very long way on that statement um energy is a primary need Mm -hmm. so uh for ourselves as, as as human beings for every living organism in the world and for every business that we ever would have um and that makes it very scary to fundamentally shift something in our energy reality um The entire idea of central planning and control uh, as we have with the banks and as we have with energy companies, with TSOs and DSOs and and large producers, that will definitely shift. Uh, So the question is, uh, is that going to happen because we want it or is it going to happen because we have to? And Because we have to is usually induced by a crisis. Mm And right now, today, I believe we can state we are in an energy crisis. Uh, just this morning, I read about a large factory in Belgium which is confronted with uh, energy prices that are 15 times higher than they paid last year. Now they cannot produce anymore and 1,200 people are sitting at home waiting uh, to see if their job is still gonna be there after this energy crisis. Um, so this is a reality that we're already in. and. Um, so what I what I very firmly believe is the system as it is designed right now is designed to fail. And uh, are we gonna wait until it definitely fails or are we going to be building something new in the meantime already? And uh, it basically means that the system will roll up itself and we have to roll out a new system meanwhile. If we don't, then we're definitely gonna be in yeah. trouble. Um, and the better we do that right now, uh, the better we are prepared for whatever is going to come in the next few years okay yeah so so and and
1: yeah, i'm i'm uh, with you on that on that on that point of view hence <laughs> we're talking on in this podcast but uh, and i also think that um, if you build a new system there should be an emergent effect that it doesn't break uh, the grid right so we need to understand the constraints and order them yeah in from the physical point of
0: view uh absolutely there's a number of there there's a number of factors there that are very interesting and one is we can actually develop technologies that will not interfere with the realities as they are right now but still are future proof or future ready yeah. um and on a local level for example make it possible to have bidirectional uh, uh flows of energy mm-hmm. um or uh, uh another market model that mm-hmm. you may apply on a local level, which is not gonna interfere with the national grid yet, but it will actually make that local grid very much more independent from whatever's happening on the national or international grids. Um, And also legislatively, I believe that we should always be abiding the law, but also I believe that it is our moral responsibility to uh, question the laws and regulations as they are right now, and do that in dialogue with the lawmakers and really be closely in touch with them as to uh, enable them also to formulate laws and regulations that are ready for a future of distributed energy.
1: So, so and how do you see then the adoption of the new uh, Green Deal regulatory framework translated into local national energy laws? Because there could be some countries that will take the minimum to be compliant and others take is as a as a maximum. Yeah, so, so how do you see
0: those countries uh, <laughs> responding to that? Oh, there's there's so many possible answers to that. One is, I, I, I believe that our readiness to change also depends on our level of addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more we are addicted, the more we are uh, uh, prone to keeping our eyes shut for the problems that really are there. Uh, and meanwhile, trying to solve it with actually adding to the problem rather than solving mm-hmm. the problem um you see also on a European scale that uh on a visionary level a lot has been done already. You look at the fit for fifty five package the clean energy for all europeans package um the local energy communities package which is with, or or not a package but uh, um uh, a directory um this these really give way uh, for every European government to formulate laws that are gonna go towards distributed and towards autonomous uh, energy systems that are interconnected. So it's already there. And there's been years of work uh, preparing for that already. And um, and I was very slightly involved with that also. So I might be a bit biased. But now you see that the individual governments themselves um, are having quite some trouble adopting these uh, uh, directives um, and these new uh, packages into their own national policies. And they all have a certain amount of sovereignty and autonomy, but the choices that they make, they will influence neighboring countries and the European system. So something has to happen there where we're going to accelerate these pathways to local energy communities and clean energy for all Europeans.
1: So, so, and how do you see then um, to get a good view on the problems in the different domains as you just uh, expressed, right, in the economic domain, in the social domain, in the technical domain, uh, also in the regulatory domain? Um, so, is there a clear view on what problems we need to solve in all those domains? So, that, that's one question. And the second is that how can we then account for second and third order effects if we propose a solution on those problems?
0: That's, uh, again, that's a very, very big question. Um, I believe that we are still very much biased and and influenced, I I would say dogmatized even, by the systems that we use now and that we know. Um, That's that's our frame. That's our belief system. Uh, And these are our assumptions. And I believe that these assumptions are limiting us in our imagination of new systems that work differently. And meanwhile, and I I, I might sound a bit floaty there when I say that, but everyone who's ever walked through a forest has been witnessing a 100% renewable-based, distributed, ownerless, um, waste-free energy system that functions. And, And it's been doing that for millions of years. So applying these laws, these design principles on our energy reality, that will shift the market model. To give one example, for example, uh, is, is um, right now, our entire market model is designed around disrupting balance, because the more difference there is between supply and demand, the more money can be made. But in a natural system, every organism is tuned towards adding to the balance. And that is how evolution works and that is how biomes and biotopes work. Uh, so that means that we need to shift the market model towards incentives to add to the balance of the entire system rather than creating unbalance, disrupting the balance in order to make money.
1: So, so and do you see then uh, in academia studies on how to create a new control paradigm based on the principles that you just laid out? Because I think that's first needed, right, so if we have some new articulation of the control paradigm that everyone can then understand and and take the risk of transitioning from the current way of working to the proposed new way of working that we have a good feeling that's the best way to do
0: right well there there's there's a couple of academic fields uh, or I would say even even beyond academics that are very inspiring here um. I don't really think that we're going to fundamentally renew the energy system from an energy technology engineering point of view, because basically we know too much and then we can change too little. But if we derive our inspiration from biologists, um, from chemists, from artists, um, from people that look at the world from different paradigms, uh, then I think we can come a great, uh, a great way, right direction.
1: So oh, and and that's something that you're trying to set up, right, with your with your hackathon that's running next month.
0: Exactly. Yeah, Transform Hackathon. Uh, um, this is exactly the idea behind Transform. Transform is about transformation. It's not about um, a, a, an incremental improvement. It's about a fundamental transformation. It focuses on technology, economy, societal, and institutional renewal for the energy system. Um, We have support from our Ministry of Economic Affairs in the Netherlands, uh, from uh, uh, municipalities, from three uh, grid operators, and a bunch of other parties. And, um, And I believe that it's exactly these opportunities that we can seize to bring people along um, and, and and allow them to witness prototypes and models that are designed upon different principles than the design that we are applying today. And once you know, you cannot unknow anything. So we want to bring along people in seeing these prototypes, and seeing how these things might work or do work already today, and then uh, Expand these ideas and models, their realities, and basically have this change effect from the inside. Right. Yeah. So
1: looking forward to uh, to all the results that uh, that are bubbling up on the, on the hackathon, and and we want to incorporate that into to tokens energy working stream uh, with with some eagerness, I must say. Um, because we learned also that uh, the work that we have done in the first phase in the working group with fractional ownership, that some parties in the market says, well, what took you so long to come up with this proposal? Yeah. Yeah, so that means that we have an obvious solution for a lurking need. Uh, now it's the next step to go for the offtake, yeah, yeah. to touch upon the economic models, control uh, paradigms. So uh, very much looking forward to, to collaborate uh, in the future.
0: I believe we need each other there and uh so it, it's it, it is a wonderful opportunity also to collaborate with you as as two tokens on this um and also for anyone listening to this podcast I want to invite you to be part of Transform Hackathon which runs from October 31st to November 2nd it's a 48 hour hackathon in Utrecht in the Netherlands um and right now we are uh, we have our first meetup tonight actually in Arnhem okay. um so teams are uh, Subscribing right now to the hackathon.
1: What's the URL uh, of the hackathon for people that are interested and want to participate?
0: It's transformhackathon.eu.
1: Okay. So everyone, uh, get yourself registered and participate. We we need all. Yeah. I would so, love so that. A, I would. a forest would be very silent if only the best birds sing. Yeah. So we it's exactly every, that. We no,
0: we need we need all, and 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 there is no such thing as the best because we're all trying and looking for these new models, and I. My hope is that I myself and everybody involved in the hackathon is gonna be surprised by something that's happening, some new insights that we gain uh, or even uh, support because the biggest thing of the hackathon is actually happening after the hackathon, which is our impact booster program, which, which we're gonna launch there. And that means that the ideas and the models and the prototypes that we're working on in, in the hackathon are gonna be incubated for the next three years uh, towards maximum impact. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's going to be the big thing.
1: All right. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Arash, for this, uh, for this interview. Uh, thank so we, you so we much. We stop here and uh, until next time.
0: And wonderful yeah. to meet you live yeah. at last. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> likewise.
1: Likewise. Thank you.
0: That was it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening in and please subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find our contact details at www.twotokens.org.